0: everyone, my name is Stephen Stewart. I'm the CEO and Chairman of QC Copper and Gold. I'm very pleased to be here to update you on our mineral resource update that we published on the Opamiska. Of course, the Opamiska was a former producing mine by operated by Falconbridge for 50 years where uh, we've been busy reinterpreting that geology into an open pit mine. And, and we've put an exclamation point on that by publishing this resource with uh, an open pit resource of over 2 billion pounds of copper pit constrained, and it's now officially Canada's highest grade copper mine, open pit copper mine. Um, We're well financed. We're not in a position where we need to raise money at this point in time. We've got $6 million in the bank. We still own almost 11 million shares of Baseload, which is our uranium company that we spun off a few years ago, and it's out there drilling um, in, in the coming months and days. And so for now, in 2024, we're up. We're just Updating the market because a lot has happened over the last two years as we've done this resource, and we're going to be very busy uh, uh, with growth drilling, but also further defining the uh, engineering and economic challenges of building an open pit copper deposit right in the heart of Quebec.
1: As I was about to say, that's brave. Open open pit. We'll, we'll get into we'll get into the weeds in a second about how you go about doing that and some of the challenges that you you'll be going through uh, there. But again, head us with those numbers on the mineral uh, resource estimate. It's big. It's the highest grade you uh, saw in, in Canada as well. So tell us about the uh, what, what you've got.
0: So the, in terms of grade, um, in in the in pit we're we're um, just about almost a full percent copper equivalent. And uh, I know copper equivalent is controversial to some people, and including your good friend Merlin, who, who we, we and you yourself. So look, we can talk about that. Uh, and, and I like copper equivalent because it makes it easy. But you also have to be. Uh, very forthright with your inputs, your calculations, your your your, your pricing, etc. But in terms of everybody, when you say copper, equivalent, everybody really wants the copper. And I'll point out that our copper is nearly 0.8 percent in an open pit. So when you put us up against um, any other deposit in in Canada that is of a certain scale, of course, call it a, a multi billion pounds of copper deposit, we're heads and tails above them in terms of grade. You know, oftentimes two or three times the grade, and that's only at the copper. Um, now, you, you, you add the, the the gold and you add the silver, those are really nice uh, byproducts to have. Um, they're not, the, you know, the, the metallurgy is there and that's everybody everybody worries about when when there's equivalence, but, you know, the metallurgy is there. One, we've got 40 years worth of mine-level metallurgy that the, this mine produced um, a whole lot of copper and, and definitely gold and silver payable. In fact, 300,000 kilograms of silver was payable. So, those are real and those those are recoverable. Um, and we've done the metallurgy, updated metallurgy ourselves. We did a lot of it throughout this two-year period to confirm that that metallurgy behaves very similar. So the lower-grade material, the mineralogy is 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 very similar to the to the higher grade, and we expect the recoveries to be as good, potentially even better, uh, as metallurgical processes have. Improved dramatically since the 70s and 80s.
1: Okay, again, I'm glad you went there because it was, it was where, where I was going to go to next. Because if I, if I remember correctly, when we first started talking about this, you know, you you've got uh, I, I guess a penchant for picking up the, the difficult and the complicated, and, and this project was, was 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 no different. What did that? What was what were, what was the data that you inherited, and were you able to just you know take that at face value? Did you have to reinterpret it um, to be able to put this resource out? I mean. Talk about the data analysis, but if you don't mind. Well, when
0: we inherited this project, we acquired it in 2019, and when it came to us, it had a a, a mountain of data, but it was all analog and it was in disparate places, and and it was a it was a huge undertaking to bring it all together, um, validate it, because even though it was done by Falconbridge, it needed to be validated and then digitize it. And then and then snap it all together with with modern work and then look at it in the context of an open pit, which is very different, you know. So the underground drilling is 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 very different approach than you would do if if you're trying to de- develop an open pit. So, um, in when we acquired it, uh, we spent a long time putting it all together. I'd say we did it on a shoestring because it was at a, a different time in the market. We were a smaller company, and then we came out with the, our first resource in 2021. It was it put us on the map. It got everybody's attention. They're like, holy moly. 100 million tons at 0.8% uh, copper equivalent in, in the middle of Quebec on the rail, um, has hydroelectric power, uh, cheap, uh, low cost hydroelectric power, It checks all the boxes in terms of infrastructure because of the legacy of, of the old mine. But then when we got, when we published that and we looked at the resource, which was done by uh, a third party consultant, which virtually every single 43-101 is written by a third party consultant. And, you know, some are good and some are, are, are great. Um, and uh, but what we did is we we took a view that this is going to be a mine, uh, Matt. You know that, that it has a, it has an excellent shot at going into production again, and so the view was well let's let's get this right now because we saw some things that could be tightened up, um, some interpretations that we didn't necessarily agree with. So we got in there, we hired our own resource geologist, which is a very unique type of geologist, and he built a team around him where we we literally tore down. The database and the database includes nine hundred thousand meters of drilling from Falconbridge, a hundred thousand meters of drilling from us, and all sorts of geophysics, metallurgy, etc. And we married that together into a brand new database. I emphasize the database um, is is was meticulously crafted. And of course, from that data, you extract the interpretation of the geology. And and as a result, when we delivered that, we what you know, I think the biggest thing that that was delivered was the increase in grade. Uh, uh, of the of the average grade in the open pit, and and people ask why that is. Well, I, I would suggest that we tightened up our zones, right? So we're, we're we're mining less waste per se, or we're defining less waste, and and we're more precise in where the mineralized envelopes are. Okay, so
1: great grade is good, and get improving the grade is fantastic. I like that. And in, in your deck, you talk about this is the you know the the highest. Um, has great open pit in Canada. Okay. So I guess it's slightly qualified there. It, one, we talk about open pit, not necessarily grounds. And, and two, great is one thing, scale's another. So yep. back, again, remind us of the, the size of this thing now and what you're going to do to kind of make this attractive. Because there's a lot of competition out there. right. There's a lot of people looking for copper projects, looking for, you know, scale at the end of the day. Can this thing be a multi-decade mine? As, as you say, you want it to be a mine. So how, how do you... How do you view that? How do you view your job in terms of presenting this?
0: We have we have uh, you know round figures in pit we've got a 100 million ton resource which you know is, is a multi-decade type situation and and I assure you that um, if and when this goes into production it's not just going to be the open pit. Uh, we've got we've got the underground component which you can see on our website which we have just started to evaluate We included a very small portion of the underground in this updated resource but there's a lot more there so expect us to focus on that. Additionally, we have the Cook and the Robitaille, which are the third and the fourth mine, which comprised Falconbridge's Opomiska. We've only focused on and included the Springer and the Perry, which is now one single pit. But in 2024, and in fact, we just announced recently that we're starting to drill on the Cook and Robotai. We have not worked on them. And the, those were producing gold and copper uh, mines that were, you know, and they're not sort of far away. They're one and a half to two kilometers away. So these are real satellite uh, pits uh, low-hanging fruit in terms of adding resources because scale is important. And when when um, producers are looking for projects, not only do they need scale, but they need grade. Uh, excuse me, they need they're looking for, for grade, but they need scale to justify the capex. And beyond what we have, and beyond sort of the low-hanging fruit, uh, the the Shibugamu district where we are located, and we are far and away the biggest asset there. Nothing comes close. This district is very mature and it produced a a very high percentage of the copper and gold out of eastern Canada throughout the 20th century. Billions and billions of pounds, millions of ounces of gold. So it's a very fertile district. It is our opinion that once we convince the world that a mill is going to reside at our Opamiska open pit, that... The whole area re rates. And so we do have a view for consolidation in this district. Just like we always say, like, you know, we're, we're analogous to Malarctic, which obviously is a bold statement. We're not that big, but we're, we're plenty big enough. And maybe one day we will be that big. But the idea is, you know, they were an underground mine, turned it in, into an open pit, into a fertile area. And, and they are now mining um, resources or reserves that they had no idea existed when they open that open pit back up. So that's the type of environment we're in, very fertile. It's never really been explored in terms of near surface material because there's a little bit of cover there. So you're not kicking outcrop. So, uh, and frankly, I have kept the the reins on our exploration team over the last two years because they've been laser focused on delivering this resource. So. This whole area opens up, you know. There's 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 low hanging fruit, and the cook and the robotide delineating those resources, which which we understand quite well, but need to be systematically drilled for an open pit uh, definition. And then there's all sorts of blue sky. There's the underground on on the existing pit, and then there's uh, all sorts of other opportunities in the Shibugamu, given that you know we do have a consolidated uh, consolidative approach uh, to QC Copper and just our our ore group as as a group we're we're very MA oriented
1: well yeah well i know that no sure. is it or group capital now where would any rename it no it's team? just
0: or so or group for clarity or group is our private company we have uh, seven public companies under our umbrella now and we just uh, acquired another copper resource called Cuprum, which qc copper owns 10% of it that's the largest copper resource in ontario we bought it privately again out of a distressed situation you say we like mess we don't like messy projects but we like problems that other people have that we can take advantage of because we're we're well capitalized. Um, we have a team that can assess these projects. You know, we don't rely on what we're told. We rely on the data room and the database and, and we see if these things hold, you know, stick together and, and if we can buy them at the right time and the right price and we see an opportunity for growth. Um, we are buyers right now, not sellers.
1: Well, crikey, there's some deals out there. That's for, that's for sure. But let, let's stick with this project for now. Um, okay, so you've got a minimal resource out. You've kind of got a resource model, which is you're starting starting to take shape. You're a $26, $27 million um, company, and you've got to move this thing forward. <laughs> like in, in, in good markets, you'd have been talking to me about catalysts um, left, right, and center, and this is going to change the way that people view us. In a market like this, you've got to be, so I guess, sensitive to – the fact that the market is finding its feet again, it's sensitive to the fact that money is generally hard to come by. You've, I know you've, like to say, you know pro- pro- prove that wrong in with your different companies, but it's expensive money at, at, okay. at this time, right? So, what do you think the things that investors looking to come into a copper story, which which potentially the scale with this grade, uh, need to understand about y- you and your ability to? grow the story tell a growth story from here from this point now
0: yeah absolutely well capital is absolutely essential we always say you know um, people property and capital if you can't raise the money to fund those two you've got nothing and so you're right uh, we have access to capital money is 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 shown to us all the time it's just a function of its cost we're very sensitive to the cost and we're also as equally as sensitive to how we deploy it we're careful we treat the money like it's our own we act like owners I think that's important. to to any investor looking to invest in a team like ours Uh, right now um, we're in a good situation we have six million dollars mark to market that's all hard dollars Um, and then we of course we have that position in baseload energy which you know i'd love to be a long-term holder of baseload energy because i believe in james and i think they've got 17 million dollars to to drill this year so let's go out there and find some uranium deposits and hit it out of the park there but also QC Copper is, you know, we we don't speculate on Uranium Junior, so expect us to, li- to to sell that when the time is right. We will do, but, you know, for baseload uh, shareholders, expect us to do it in an orderly fashion, just like we did two years ago when we sold 7 million shares uh, for $8 million on on QC Copper's account. We did so in a private transaction. You know, we're not going to slam base baseload. I'm the chairman of baseload. Um, but but that that is a liquid asset. Um, and expect us to to utilize that for qC copper's benefit i'll note that qC copper has, has already hit it out of the park on that investment we we spun off base load at a cost of uh, five hundred thousand dollars in paper which has you know turned into so far nearly you know mark to market you know 13 14 maybe 15 million dollars if we sold it today so you know pretty good that gives us flexibility it doesn't you know if, if if we if we had no cash uh, you know the market would just say, okay, well, it's just coming. And they would just sit there and wait and they'd sell us off. But, you know, we have we have flexibility and timing. So our balance sheet uh, protects us, uh, allows us to wait for um, the right opportunity. Uh, the right opportunity, in my opinion, is a strategic. Um, someone coming in there with a 9.9% or a 19.9% interest. I'll, I'll remind our, our, our followers that over the past two or three years, we've raised $120 million in equity for our group. And we've done about $150 million in joint ventures with Agnico Eagle, with Tech, with Osisco, um, and with Newmont. So um, I think that is, and you really do want to take advantage of, of that money because it's patient capital. It's almost doesn't affect your float because they, they're not flipping you in four months plus a day. They're long term. Um, they also give you a stamp of approval. And so on that note, uh, over the past six months, we've had huge inbounds. Uh, on, on strategics, call it operators. Everybody sees them being more active. And there's no question that the highest highest grade copper open pit deposit in Canada gets their attention. And so they knock on our door and and, we, and what do we do? We go back and we sign CAs and we deliver what we've always been working on. What I said off the top, we deliver a high quality database that's designed for them, that is defensible. They'll understand it. It's so important to be credible to these guys because you cannot pull the wool over them. Uh, over their eyes, so 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 they are in. They are looking right now. Um, that is a process. So there's no guarantees on anything, certainly on timing. But I, I, I would wager that in the not too distant future, you're going to see uh, big companies come into the Shibugamu Shibugamu district where we are. We are the biggest asset. We're the anchor of that whole region.
1: Okay. okay. So th- those are all the kind of def- defensible um, attributes and some of the things that. You, you you've been doing in simple terms you've got six million bucks in the but bank it, you've got to grow this thing so how do you allocate that capital maybe that's a better way of sure. framing it and maybe discussing it
0: so allocation of capital for 2024 is is really in twofold one is the delineation or the definition of our engineering challenges uh which will will result in economics uh, for that open pit um, we are a brownfields environment, meaning we are mining an old mine. So uh, we have stopes, drifts, et cetera. Those are extra challenges, nothing that hasn't been addressed uh, many, many times. We're also proximate to the town of chappelle uh, you, you know, who are very supportive. But we've, we've been very straightforward with the town and their leadership uh, and, and all the stakeholders that our our ambition is to build an open pit at the foot of your town. And so that has that has impacts clearly. We believe, and so does the town, that there are net, net positive benefits, but you can't get away from the fact that it'll be noisy, you'll have a big open pit there, and it's certainly possible that we will propose moving some houses. That has not been defined. That's going to be part of our engineering challenges. Uh, Once we define a mine plan, once we define the perimeter of the pit, we also have options, Uh, options to be not uh, 100 million tons. For example, our starter pit is 20 million tons, just under 20 million tons, at 1.1%. Copper equivalent Uh, that that is further to the west, and that would be certainly not uh, much less impactful, and and almost certainly wouldn't move any towns. And so, you know, we we can evaluate different plans, plans A, B, and C, and see what is the most practical and obviously the most economic and beneficial to the the stakeholders, of which there are many in this in, in this project. So that is something that we're evaluating. So we can just really define that project, and I think you know, to me, that's a major catalyst—not just to deliver a PEA, but that's when you become real. Is when you say, okay, this is how we're going to do it. So that that is a priority,
1: right? Putting some economics on it is is a, is a priority, and maybe in, in in that same document discussing how you're, you're you're proposing to do it, how you're thinking of of doing it. It's early days. Yeah. But there's also some long lead items there, like you say, discussions with the town, or, or you know, a supportive and pros and cons, I'm sure, um, that that you're discussing. Um, there's no sets of deadline to that. So does any of that stop you from the, the, the in terms of the economic study phase, or, you know, any other kind of permitting component, or anything else that you're trying to, trying to do, environmental type stuff? What... It, Tell me more, more about the district, right? Because you've always talked about it's a big district, and lots of potential, and lots of maybe strated assets, old assets, et cetera, it's potent, laden with potential. I get it. But at the same time, it's a very different environment in the last three years where jurisdictional risk is a, you know, hot on the lips of, of, of most conversations. At, at the moment so what, what can you tell us
0: well i can tell you that uh, jurisdictional risk has been a, a major concern as of late and we've seen that for years and years and, and it is exactly why qc copper but but not just qcr our entire portfolio is almost exclusively concentrated in canada because while we're we're, we're, we're not perfect here in canada we are definitely um definitely uh, in in my mind the absolute best jurisdiction in the world but then canada is a big place um, and then so when you sort of get more granular, you have to see that Quebec is by far the best jurisdiction in Canada. We've got Planor. We've got a pension fund support from the, the, the Case Depot, Investissement Quebec, FTQC, James Bay Fund, uh, etc. So the government are literally our shareholders. They're mandated to support exploration in there. And then it's about the culture of the people. Northern Quebec is, the, is, is built off the extractive industries and forestry. So they understand it. you're not going there. Uh, and, and trying to explain what mining is, they know what mining is. Um, and then, of course, you've got the First Nations, which are uh, our partners. Uh, the, the, the predominantly, the Cree, certainly in where we are, became very sophisticated uh, as a result of the hydroelectric dams, massive infrastructure projects built in the 70s. So they which which supported mining and, and supported uh, all the infrastructure that's up there in Quebec. So they're, they're, they understand the benefits and, and they are partners. They're, they're suppliers and partners of, of, of all sorts. So, uh, and then in terms of just broader, broadly speaking, jurisdiction, I mean, we look what's going on in Panama, we look what's going on in, you know, South America as a whole and and Africa is always a big risk. You never know what tomorrow brings there. So, so the fact that we, we know we have title today, we know we have title tomorrow, we know we have title in 10 years is a, is a massive, um, uh, a massive benefit. and, And that's why we focus there. And then not only that, not only call it, you know, political risk. Let's talk about you know where this concentrate is going to go. I, I mean, I'm a big believer in the United States. They're a little uh, a little wacky right now. Uh, everything seems everything seems a little wacky right now, but I think eventually we're going to normalize. And we normalize, it's going to be the United States who who's going to wake up and realize we are two two generations behind the East in terms of building out its infrastructure, and so they need to they need to rebuild. And here we are, Quebec. We're just we're just a stone's throw away from that border. We're stone's throw away from the Horn smelter. Um, which is where we're going to send our con more than likely, and, and we're going to be supplying the United States. And that's not even considering the electrification narrative of which everybody is, is talking about. And copper is certainly one of the key components to that. So, so this, this project checks all of the boxes in terms of, of jurisdiction, uh, but also location. And then, you know, last, I'll emphasize we have the infrastructure. So not only do we have the right, you know, a political climate, We've got the rail. The railroad roads literally right through our project. We've got a spur to to where the, the mine site used to be. We've got a paved highway, modern airport, hydroelectric power for those. I have to remind hydroelectric is totally renewable. That's the hydroelectric dam system that we have. And it's the lowest unit uh, megawatt uh, power there is uh, certainly in North America. So, you know, this project checks all of those boxes. We are, um, we are big enough. And that, that tails back to, you know, you don't have to be uh two billion pounds when you have all those infrastructure pieces there so you don't have to build that stuff and then you have grade so plenty big enough we have high grade and we we have all the benefits of those infrastructure that don't have to be built from scratch
1: yeah yeah no big, big fan of Quebec um it's just jurisdiction to operate in and, and and um ease and support and all of those things you said um can we just talk about the you know how you were spending your time money and effort last year a little bit we we, we talked a long time ago about the chai copper mine you picked up a 10 percent interest in that um i something to do with the underground component i mean what why why 10
0: because uh, i i i have a vision to create you know the dominant copper uh, developer in eastern canada Um, At the time, I didn't want to acquire it within QC Copper holistically. And at the time, um, because of the circumstance of the acquisition and the fact it was a distressed vendor, they didn't want to sell it to QC Copper. They wanted it into a new code because the vendor knew they were giving up a lot of value. We'll just leave it at that. And so they wanted to participate. And so they are a minority shareholder and they're going to come for us, you know, for the ride as we build value in in the Thierry mine, which QC Copper owns. So the plan A for um, cuprum, which is copper. I'm sure you speak Latin, um, so I don't have to explain to you. But everybody sort of looks at me cross-eyed when we say cuprum. But it's copper, copper ca- corporation in Latin. And anyways, the the plan A for that is to is to take a public, just like we do, uh, done many times in the ore group, QC Copper, Basel, et etc. Um, however, there is a, there there's certainly um, the potential for a plan B that would see, as I said, QC Copper um, become the owner of the two largest copper resources in Eastern Canada, that becomes interesting. Both it's analogous, but you know, former producing mine, huge open pit potential that has been delineated, but it's all open. So this, this, this coup company has a bright, bright future. We just have to invest in it and and step out and drill it. The con went to the horn smelter. It's on the rail. It's in a mature district, opportunity for consolidation. There's, you know, it was a screaming buy for us, but we had to, we, we, we worked long and hard and, and we're, we're lucky to get it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's uh, I was very pleased for QC Copper to, I mean, it only spent $300,000 to get that toll hold. Um, it's going to make money one way or the other, or potentially it owns both assets.
1: Okay. So if I if I look back, again, I'm going to share price here because I want again, I want to be really clear about what you're going to do coming up. End of 2020, big spike down again. End of twenty one, big spike and down again. Now, like twenty twenty, I forgive because everyone was losing their tiny minds. Twenty twenty one, market got a little bit excited and you kind of you come off those dizzy heights of whatever you were, sort of 40 40 cents or so. Are we going to see another spike here, or are we now in a period of sustained growth? Because you're going to be you're a bit a bit late with the with the resource, mm-hmm. right? So maybe mark down a little bit for that. You've, you've delivered that. If you are trying to paint a picture for, I suspect, is going to be the key catalyst for you is bring a strategic investor on board. Can you be clear about the timing of that? Is presumably post-PEA, um, or, or are there other things that you're going to need to deliver to be able to in a position to bring a strategic on which we need to also focus on
0: no i mean the strategic doesn't care about a pea they don't care for a 43 101 what they care about is the resource and and the database the database right so that again we built this database for the strategics who are in there right now you know double digits of them okay so you know we are we are uh, very attractive we got a lot of inbounds a lot of attention from from publishing the highest grade copper everybody wants copper everybody wants to be in canada we're in canada in the best jurisdiction we have the highest grade open pit you know while well yeah i mean we haven't we haven't to, the stock hasn't run but the market's just not there i mean we've, we've definitely appreciated uh, there's no question about that um, when we first came out there but i do think a major catalyst is going to be a strategic coming in i don't make any predictions on timing or whether that happens but certainly i can tell you there's interest and certainly i can tell you um, you know, that is an objective of ours. But additionally, I mean, so, you know, we can't we can't bet or guarantee anything. But what I can promise you is that we will be doing drilling. And so we are going to grow on the Cook and the Robatai. Again, all of the resources to date are solely on um, uh, two out of the four mines, the Springer and the Perry, which is now a single super pit. But one and a half kilometers to the east, there is the third and the fourth mines that we have modeled. So we understand the historic work in the mining done by Falcon Bridge. And we know this mineralization. It's the exact same type of mineralization. We know how it behaves. We know its orientation. We just haven't drilled it. So expect us to do that in 2024. And then at some point thereafter, we don't know the timing yet, but obviously we're going to work as quick as we possibly can and responsibly. Uh, and then we will deliver uh, a updated resource based on those, the third and the fourth mines, which will serve as satellite deposits. So we've got Defining the mine plan on the on the open pit and growth on on satellite deposits, which are not far; they're just they're just down the street. So, so those are the primary catalysts. Those are the catalysts that the, that we we will deliver. Um, and I, in terms of a strategic, I I have a hunch we'll deliver that too.
1: Okay, great. Let let go any final kind of words or thoughts about what copper has been doing what you think it's going to do obviously you mentioned electrification you've you mentioned infrastructure build-outs etc and and the and the demand is is absolutely there did did copper surprise you at all last year the fact that it didn't move
0: no nothing surprises me anymore i i expect the unexpected really um so you know, I, I I take a long-term directional view. I care not what happens next month or even next year or the year after that. Uh, we own this, Matt. We're not going anywhere. It's a long-term game. These are options. Um, you know, on on future success. That's what it is. So you need you need to have patience. You know, with us and with everybody. If you're not patient, um, you know you you know invest in IBM or something. I don't know. Uh, don't take investment advice from me. But this this requires patience. But the returns that you can get you know, if you, if you pick the right asset and the right group and you, and you, you were successful on timing because timing is critical. Um, if you can sort of get those three things together, the returns that our exploration industry can give to you are phenomenal. And frankly, you can't get them in too many other industries. So, so pick your projects. Well, pick your teams. Well, make sure that they do good work and they're not just lifestyles. Make sure that they're putting it at the ground and make sure they're well aligned like we are, and they're not selling their shares. And, uh, And also mind your jurisdiction and then, you know, place your bet and be patient and sit there and wait, Um, you know, and don't invest more than you can afford to lose. That's, you know, because we are a high risk industry. So who knows what tomorrow brings? But but uh, time and time again, um, you know, you can see 10 bay. I mean, you can see I won't forecast the returns, but this industry offers just outstanding returns, provided you can be selective and patient.